Hello and welcome to the Punt the QB podcast here. We are in week 10, Tim. I can't wait to get started on talking about these games. I got a little spoiler for you. I think when we get to one game, I'm going to talk about one playoff team whose season is not Super Bowl bound. <laughs> so so playoffs, but nowhere near the Super Bowl. Yeah. Got it. Got it. All right. So this, uh, this past week's headlines, since our last podcast, it's kind of a mash of headlines and week nine look back. So let's start off with just some of the, the, the headlines and we'll get back to... We'll circle back to what we saw week nine, but uh, one of the bigger headlines, because this is a New York team, and this guy got paid. Daniel Jones tore his ACL. He is out for the year. Mercifully, he's out for the year. Game over. <laughs> I mean, and the Giants also put Tyrod Taylor, their backup quarterback in IR, Darren Waller's in IR. The Giants are two and seven. They are lined up really well to get the first pick in the draft. Oh, I, they are right now probably, what, the fourth worst in the NFC, but they... They they could be on a beeline right to the bottom of the of the draft right. Uh, there's no way. I mean the 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 lack of talent on this team right now because of all the injuries, the fact that they can't stop anybody on offense. Um, the defense was playing well, but what difference does it make when there's no offense now to do anything? They don't even trust Tommy DeVito to pass the ball. And if that's the case, why don't you just throw an extra tight end out there, go with the two tight end set, and just have Saquon wildcat the whole thing? Yeah, it can't be worse. That's what we talked about with the NFC Championship game when when they lost their fourth quarterback, Josh Johnson, the, the Niners, and had to put Purdy in there who could not throw a forward pass. It's like, why bother? If he's not a threat, just go Wildcat with CMC. And you would have to think that maybe Saquon or, or CMC, these guys can at least throw the ball 5, 10 yards with some accuracy. And maybe you could just, you know, like do like some fake Wildcat stuff and dump it off to a tight end running an out pattern or something. Yeah, I mean, you know, to a lesser degree, the Saints seem to have... Uh, good success with that, with that whole Taysom Hill. Yeah. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah, either way, I, I'm with you. I think as currently constructed, the Giants have the least talented team in the league. Yeah. Uh, another injury that's not as major, but it is a season injury. Cam Akers has ruptured his Achilles. Uh, I mean, right after a game where the Vikings lost Kirk Cousins, and, and they're doing really well, he's out for the year. And, it, you know, he was kind of taking over that role. He was kind of... You know, just moving on with that uh, that running back position in, in the Vikings. So, I, you know, like I said, ruptured Achilles is still a ruptured Achilles. Another blow for the Vikings. We're hoping to make a comeback in that division. Yeah, but you know what? Here they are. Here they are, the seventh seed in the N in the NFC right now in the playoffs. I mean, after starting off zero and three, and they're they're just keep they just find ways to keep winning. Oh yeah, games. absolutely. Now before we get to. Uh, you know, some of the bigger stories from week nine. Uh, one other thing that happened, we talked last week about the big trade. We All the trade deadlines, the biggest one was the Montez Sweat trade. And, and, and the sentiment around Chicagoland was, well, if you're once again giving up a second-round pick, you better extend this guy. Well, they did. They they newly acquired Edge Montez Sweat got a four year contract extension from the Bears, a total of one hundred five million dollars with seventy two point eight million guaranteed. Yep, and, and you know what? Fine, good. It's you know at least it's a piece in the right direction because there are several pieces this Bears team needs, and one of them is pressuring the quarterback. So, good move. Yeah, and, and like I said, not. We, we call him an edge because he's officially an edge, but he is really good against the run. He's really good in the locker room, and they, they it allows uh, Yannick Ngakwe on the other side to not necessarily draw double coverage. So I, I think a, a good move all around, but that kind of puts a bow on the concerns of everybody. Yep. Now, moving forward to this week, another big story is the return of Kyler Murray. 
So, I mean, we were talking about how the Giants are the least talented team probably in the league. Well, that's because the Cardinals, who are currently 1-8, and eight, are getting their guys back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about the Arizona Cardinals, yeah, they kind of have more talent right now. I mean, you're talking about a team that's bringing Kyler Murray back. James Conner looks like he's coming back. Marquise Brown is coming back. And when you're talking about those three guys right there, um, and on the Giants, what do you have? Waller's out. Jones is out. You know, Tyrod Taylor, you're going all the way down to the number three quarterback. You've got Saquon Barkley and then a band of misfits at receiver that just kind of can't, you know, consistently put up receiving numbers. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't, I, yeah, the, it, it, it pretty much is the Giants right now. Absolutely. Now, speaking of the Cardinals and their returning quarterback, the guy they got rid of last week is basically turned into a Disney Disney movie. Joshua Dobbs, who is on his fifth team since week 15, 2022, was pushed into action this past week after Jaron Hall had a concussion where his head bounced off the carpet. And that looked that looked pretty bad. The guy showed up on Wednesday. Did not get any first-team reps, barely knows his teammates, let alone the plays, and was able to hop in and lead the Vikings to victory. So I, that Joshua Dobbs story just keeps writing itself. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's awesome. It's crazy. Um, it's it's like uh, Kirky Kirk, Kirk, Fever. You like that? You like that? I feel <laughs> like, where is it? I'm, I'm surprised he wasn't on the sideline running around telling people, you like that? You like that? I mean, it's, it's great. It's great. It's a great story. Um, here's a Vikings team that we just talked about when we were talking about Cam Akers' injury that everyone was ready to write off when they were 0-3, and everyone's like, they never picked a, a lane as what they were doing. So, well, clearly they don't know what lane they're supposed to be in either because they started off 0-3, and here they are at 5-4, winning five out of the last six. And, and yeah, they, they they're – I mean, Tim, really, what team is going to unseat them as the seventh seed? Yeah. Uh, Atlanta? The NFC is is pretty pretty bad at the bottom. The the four worst teams in the NFL might all be from the NFC. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not just record wise, but talent wise as well. Now, the other big story this past week, the that Bucks Texans game was absolutely crazy. We had a running back have to kick feel a kick a field goal for the Texans. C.J. Stroud has become a star before our eyes. Yeah, I, I mean, the guy went off four hundred a rookie record. 470 yards passing, five touchdowns, no interceptions. He's got the Texans at 4-4. Four and four. That's already more wins than they had all of last year. One interception on the year. I mean, good quarterbacks don't do that, let alone rookie quarterbacks. I, I mean, you want to talk about Joshua Dobbs and the Disney movie, the whole comeback. C.J. Stroud is, is become one of the biggest stories of this year. Yeah, and, and here we are, C.J. Stroud doing that and Bryce Young, the first pick overall doing what he's doing and it's like wow you traded all that capital to move up to one overall you can't protect Bryce Bryce Young and CJ Stroud is doing this like how bad does this look right now for Carolina yeah absolutely you want to talk about bad uh guess who just signed with the Rams they're on a bye this week so we don't get a chance to talk about him uh Wentzomania yeah Carson Wentz is is backing up Matt Stafford which uh I don't care about Carson Wentz that basically means that Stafford's hand is worse than we think it is. Yeah. So, but yeah, Carson Wentz has found his way back into the NFL. Apparently, Brett Rippon was not the answer. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> most of these backups, I mean, maybe besides what Minshew and maybe a couple other guys, what, what backups are an answer? Well, apparently Joshua Dobbs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, mo most aren't. Most aren't. And we're seeing that even here in Chicagoland with Tyson Bates. Yeah. Uh, one more before we start the preview. 
It is official. The AFC North is by far the best division in football. Called it. Nailed it. it. You absolutely <laughs> called it. I, I thought, and maybe it was my, my Patriot goggles, I really thought the Patriots weren't this bad. And that's why my, my vote was this slight 1-1A to for the AFC East, and I was wrong. Well, I got to tell you, it's it's a combination of uh, Baltimore just having a, an all-around balanced team with Lamar playing as a as a as a, a MVP, as an MVP, yeah, as an MVP, and you got uh, a Cincinnati team that got off to a slow start, but has has looked like they're right. They righted the ship. I mean, you, you're talking about big wins the couple last couple weeks against San Francisco, against Buffalo. Uh, you know, a Pittsburgh team that just find way finds ways to hang around in games and then win it at the end. And then you got a Cleveland team whose defense is literally just murdering anybody they come across. Yeah, I, if Miles Garrett does not win Defensive Player of the Year, there's something wrong. He he should be Defensive Player of the Year. I know everyone wants to talk about it's between him and Micah Parsons, but Micah Parsons should be perfectly fine taking second place and be happy about that. Yeah, either way, these guys are all going to get paid. Yeah. All right, my friend. We are here to preview Week 10's NFL action. We wrapped the International Series with the last international game, the game in Germany. Uh, we've got Bimagin Part 2. I'm, I'm calling it. Yes, there's only four teams, but the quality of these teams. You're talking about the two teams that were in the Super Bowl last year in Kansas City and Philadelphia. The Miami Dolphins, who put up video game numbers as long as they're not playing somebody above 500. And the Rams, who are always an interesting watch. Yep. And a bonus for our preview episode, we do not have to preview games that are involving the Carolina Panthers and Chicago Bears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're, right. play, they're playing tonight. I'm sorry, Amazon Prime. I'm sorry, but uh, at least, yeah, at least we don't have to talk about those teams. So, as I mentioned, we're wrapping the international series, uh, the second game in Germany. We've got Indianapolis, a two-point favorite versus New England, totals 42.5. The Patriots have lost five of six and have told J.C. Jackson to stay home. Yeah, well, this guy, <laughs> this guy I mean, when you're talking about J.C. Jackson, man, the guy went to the Chargers, got that big deal. Uh, had the season injury, season and the injury last year, and then came this year, and what? And they just they could not deal with him anymore, and they shipped him back over to New England, and now we're starting to see that he has a lot of discipline issues over at over in New England, where this guy's coming late to meetings. He seems very lethargic about playing football, and the team has basically invited him not to come with them to Germany, which is crazy because. That is a team devout of talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball with Matthew Judon and Christian Gonzalez on uh, IR. They really needed J.C. Jackson to be pre-Los uh, Angeles Chargers J.C. Jackson, and there's something going on there. Yeah. And, and, if, and if you can't fall in line with the Patriot way, Belichick will just tell you to stay home. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 this is the, the Patriots' worst start since 2000, and they have the worst record in the AFC. Yeah, it's it's embarrassing. I, I man, it goes back to when I first started paying attention to the Patriots when we were playing Tecmo Bowl, and and I had you know Steve Grogan and Leonard Russell and, and Bruce Armstrong was their only Pro Bowler. Victor Kayam still owned the team. Uh, I, I mean, this is how bad we haven't seen this in the Belichick Robert Kraft era. Yeah, and I got to ask you, should Belichick and the Patriots part ways at the end of the year? Um, I think he should. He should be able to call his own shot. Whenever he wants to leave, I think he's not done. I think he wants to keep going until he gets like what one of the all-time leader 
in in wins. I know I think he's only got a couple more people. To yeah, catch. when you include playoffs, he's not, he's only behind Don Shula when he become when you include yeah. playoffs. When you talk regular seasons, uh, he still he still has to catch Shula for regular season wins, and I believe Papa Bear Hallis. Yeah, I mean you know, it, and those are within striking distance. I don't I don't know. It, it seems like I've heard some people say that. The game has kind of passed him by, and they feel like he's kind of antiquated towards where the game is going now. I think he still can get it done. Um, he's gonna have. Uh, he's gonna obviously need to bring somebody in that can manage the offense because that's obviously not what he excels at. They have not been able to bring in a what a well, quality wide receiver hey, in a draft since ever. Like when since Belichick's been there, Josh McDaniels is available. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> wow. Now, on the other side of the, and I don't know how much we got to talk about this game. People will watch because it's a standalone game. Let me ask you this long term. Can Indianapolis make the playoffs with Garner Minshew at quarterback? No. No, I don't even think. I, I think that this team maybe wins seven games. I mean, this might be the the fifth game that Indianapolis wins. But going, going down it, with the rest of their schedule, I mean, do you see them beating uh, Jacksonville when they play against them? No. Yeah, do you see them play? Do you see them being Houston when they play against them? No, no. So I mean, when you're talking about, it, then they gives what one more game against Tennessee, and they might not even win that one. Yeah, you're not wrong. For what it's worth, the Patriots did beat the Colts Week Nine last year, twenty six to three. For what it's worth, yeah, it's a totally different teams at this point. I mean, let's talk about this. This is a, this is a Indianapolis team that's seventh in scoring right now, averaging twenty five points a game, and a New England team that's thirty first, averaging fifteen points a game. I mean, there is a big disparity there. I think you're going to see a. a you don't if Minshew just has to manage the game and maybe make a couple of passes. This this could be Jonathan Taylor. And uh, Zach Moss, just come on up and come on down and, and have a good time in Germany. Yeah, one of the few teams the Colts can beat left on their schedule. The Tennessee Titans start off the noon slate at Tampa. Tampa's a one-point favorite, totals 39. The last six Titan road games have gone under. Yeah, well, and also uh, in the last uh, six Tampa games, whoever the road team has road team has is covered. So... Yeah, I guess when we're talking about what we well, we're talking about silly little stats here, like, but yeah, I mean the 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 Tennessee Titans really frustrate me because they played last Thursday, Tim, and you know it. Did, I called but did, you, but did they? They yes. Well, yeah, they <laughs> they participated in the game on Thursday. They had the lead. They got the ball, and this is here's come here it comes everybody. Here's the rant. They got the ball with 12 minutes left in the game. And they ran the ball with Derrick Henry and got an immediate first down and then threw three straight passes in, incomplete and punted the ball back. At some point, if Mike Rabel, who I think is one of the, you know, uh, rock'em, sock'em, run the ball, you know, you know, play hard defense, if this guy isn't saying run the ball, run clock, Derrick Henry, this is where, this is your time to shine. Because let's face it, Pittsburgh, when they played it last week, Pittsburgh's run defense was, is not that good. And they totally abandoned the run again, and they punted the ball back, and then Pittsburgh went on a 96-yard drive to score a touchdown to take the lead. And then at that point, Will Levis now has to play two-minute football the whole rest of the way. And I understand they drove down the field and didn't score at the end. He threw an interception. But, I mean, God, why are teams not running the ball? Some teams, Tennessee... Horrible pass, horrible pass offense, horrible, horrible pass blocking, I should say. The one thing that you can lean on is Derrick Henry and running the ball. 
why Atlanta, another team, doesn't run the ball, but they're built to run the ball. Why are teams that are not built to run the ball not running the ball? If you're not going to run the ball, you have zero chance. And as a coach, as a as a as a team, how is nobody saying why are we not running the ball? You're not wrong. I mean, we talk about it all the time. There's there's a difference between punting a season and mailing it in for GMs and owners than there is for players and coaches. How are players and coaches so how are I shouldn't say players, but how are coaches calling games like this and not trying to run the ball when they when they should? I I got nothing. I I mean, if you got Derrick Henry in an offensive line that can't pass block, I don't know how you don't just turn around and hand it to him 25 times. Everything you said is accurate. For the Bucks side of the ball, before we move on, when is it time for the Bucks to start Kyle Trask? I mean, but Baker, I'm not saying in... Baker's playing bad, but they're three and five. Baker's not their future. At some point, they have to see what their future is, don't they? True, true. At some point, you're right. They do have to see what their future is. But do you honestly think Kyle Trask is the future? No, but I know Baker isn't. Yeah, well, but, but once again, I don't think either one of them are the, are, are the future in Tampa Bay. I, I just don't. I don't know. I just don't see it. I mean. Here's a here's a game in where Tampa Bay they're terrible against the pass, but I mean, what what Tim if if Tennessee's going to win, what do they what do they have what do they have who has to be successful on Tennessee if they're going to win the game? Well, DeAndre Hopkins, Derrick Henry. Uh, I mean, but it's basically Derrick Henry. It's King Henry. We've it's been going on for seasons. Yeah. How King Henry goes is how this team goes. When King Henry was rushing for 117 yards and a touchdown and throwing one in because he's sitting there at the goal line, you know what I mean? Those are the those are the games where Tennessee, up and down, just totally outmans and out outpaces the other team and wins games. I hear you. Let's talk about uh, some teams that are above five hundred for a change. Yay! The Cleveland Browns are at Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore's six and a half point favorite. Total is thirty eight. Ten of the last eleven Raven home games have gone under. Yeah, these these the Baltimore Ravens are a different animal at home. That defense really rallies around the fact that they're playing at home. I mean, Watson's in now. I mean, Lamar, he's, you know, he's playing MVP type football. I mean, this basically just comes down to the fact that Cleveland's defense is really good, but Lamar Jackson is an MVP player. Absolutely. I mean, you talk about defenses. The Baltimore uh, Ravens have the number two pass defense. The Cleveland Browns have the number one pass defense. So this could turn into one of those old school run the ball and, you know, someone make a play. Yeah, well, you're talking about... Uh, a t- Cleveland defense that is sixth versus the run, and that's where they're that's where they're weakest at, and they're sixth in the NFL. But Baltimore is the first rushing offense. They're the first. Uh, the Baltimore is the first scoring defense. They they allow the least amount of points. Um, you know this is, you know, I I just when it comes to this game, this comes down to who your star player is on offense, and the the Ravens have Lamar. And the Colt and the and the Browns don't have Deshaun Watson is not that guy anymore. Well, you you seem bored with this game, so let me ask you a question: Since the Tennessee Titans get to wear Oilers throwbacks, do the Ravens get to wear Browns throwbacks? And they, have to, wouldn't that be awesome? Right? Brown, Browns, Browns, Browns versus Browns, Browns versus I, Browns. I think that would even if it's just a gimmick, they come out for like pregame warmups. I think that would be funny because otherwise, if you like offense, you may not like this game. 
I'm interested in this game because I think two good defenses are going to go ahead to get. I, I, I would think I would like the Browns' chances better if they were in Cleveland. Baltimore has been very tough at home. True, but I, I'm really excited for this game. This is this. I, I am this excited. Is be an old school. I'm game. excited for this game. And let me just say this right now: the MVP awards right now, like they said, uh, the the highest odds right now is is Mahomes and Tua, and then there's Hurts and Lamar Jackson. But in my opinion. Like Mahomes has thrown, Mahomes has thrown eight interceptions. He has been having, compared to what he usually has, a very pedestrian season compared to what he usually does. I know it's higher for most people, um, but isn't what Lamar is doing? He's he leads the league in completion percentage, and he runs the ball almost almost as well, if not better, than anybody else in the league. I mean, I understand Jalen as far as a quarterback. Jalen Hurts is a uh, is the tush push guy, you know what I mean? Of course, he's going to lead the league in touchdown rush runs and so like that. But Lamar Jackson is the one that's lethal all over the field. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, right now, to me, I think he's the MVP. I think what hesitates people is the last two seasons he hasn't been able to finish the season. Yeah, but last two seasons, remember, we were talking about how he was MVP caliber, and then he got hurt. But he's always. But the last, like, excuse I, me. I'm just saying, <laughs> four when you years, talk about the odds, people will hesitate solely because of the injury. Yeah, but I'm just saying, last four years, he's always been playing at a, at a MVP level. We've always said it. There is nobody that is more important to their team than, well, we said it before with Aaron Rodgers when he was on Green Bay, but there's nobody that's more important to their team than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, absolutely, because when he's not there, their record is brutal. Two more teams that are above 500. We got the Saints, a three-point favorite at Minnesota. Totals 41. The Vikes have won four straight games. Yeah, I mean, and New Orleans has won two straight. Uh, Minnesota's won four straight. I mean, don't look now, but you know, Minnesota 0 and three, and here they are. Here they are at five and four now at the seventh seed in the playoffs. I mean, this is a, a Vikings team where. I mean, I just don't see the quality of any other teams to catch them in the NFL. I mean, in the NFC. Um, New Orleans, New Orleans right now is, is you know, kind of sitting in the driver's seat in the NFC South just because everybody else is that bad. Yeah, and that's the thing is, when it comes to the Saints, my thought for them was, did anyone look less impressive in victory last week than the Saints? No. They looked, they, they won the game because Bears... Uh, backup quarterback out of Shepard, Tyson uh, Bajant, threw four, I'm sorry, threw three interceptions, had a fumble lost all in the fourth quarter. I, they basically handed the game to the Saints. The Saints didn't win, the Bears lost. Yeah. So they, they, they have looked a thoroughly unimpressive to be five and four. Yeah, it's it's very impre- it's very unimpressive. You're right about that. They're, you're seeing a lot of like uh, ups and downs. You're seeing a lot of Jekyll and Hyde when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. But this is what we, this is what I always said you were going to get. I mean, Derek Carr, in my opinion, is not a great quarterback. He's not a good quarterback. He he has above uh, he has above average games, and he's a below average quarterback. So that means the other half of the time is pretty bad. And I think that's why the Taysom Hill thing is still a thing. Yeah, because I, I mean, at least in in packages that has succeeded for them. Now there is a mismatch for this game, and I think it might be what determines the game and the reason the Saints are favored in Minnesota. The Vikings are 29th. Their offense is 29th in turnovers. They have been fumbling fools. Yeah. The Saints' defense is number two in takeaways. So I feel like that's probably why the Saints are favored, and I think that'll be the difference in the game. Yeah. Well, once again, when you're at Minnesota and you're talking about two very inconsistent teams like these two teams, and Minnesota finally playing some good football over the last five weeks, I mean, I I, I get. I, I, I don't like this game at all. I don't this game just does stay away to me because 
you never know what you're going to get with New Orleans on the road, and you never know what you're going to get with Minnesota. Yeah, but I, I tell you what, I, I, I am interested solely because the Josh Dobbs story, I, I think is interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, when you're talking about, it, but also when you're talking, yeah, Josh Dobbs is super interesting. That is, that is definitely like I'm rooting for the guy. You know what I mean? When he first got traded to Arizona, I was like, ah, whatever, something like that. And then he had them playing hard, and then he gets moved to Minnesota, and he wins like this. I'm like, yeah, I'm hopping on now. Yeah, yeah. let's see it. I, right? I want to, I want to see you do well. I, I want to root for the guy. I really do. Yeah, but I mean, let's, I mean, but let's. Let's also talk about the fact that these these are just two teams that they beat they've beaten some bad teams. They New Orleans has beaten New England. Uh, both teams have beaten the Bears. I mean, you know, New Orleans is what probably beaten Carolina once. I mean, you're talking about the, these these five wins for both of these teams are kind of inflated numbers because the teams they've beaten are pretty bad. I mean, Minnesota. Hats off to them. They beat San Francisco, but a lot of these other teams are not beating big te- good teams. Yeah, you're not wrong. I, a game that fantasy guys will be interested in, and uh, the number's a little bit higher. We got Houston at Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati's a six-and-a-half point favorite. Total's 46-and-a-half. The Bengals themselves have won four straight games. Yeah, here's a Bengals team that, once again, it's like starting off one and three, and, and here we are. Here we are getting hot at the right time. I mean, Joe Burrow... It's interesting. Joe Burrow started off the season at plus 500 to be the MVP. At week five, he was plus 5,000. So he was 50 to one. And now they've gone on this on this hot streak here, playing back into the playoffs, and it's seven to one now again. I mean, it's it's topsy turvy here, but I mean, C.J. Stroud hats off to the Houston with that with that rookie record that he set for the monster game he had last week. But Cincinnati is a different beast. It's at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's playing great football right now. I think this game stays under this total. Um, and I think Cincinnati, who is taking down the last three weeks, it's not like the last three weeks when you're talking about how they've won four in a row, but let's talk about the last three games. They won against Cincinnati, they, they won against Seattle. They went to San Francisco and won that game, and then they beat Buffalo on Sunday night. This is not a team that's five and three because they're starting to pick up the chips and beating bad teams. They are beating good teams and they're beating them handily. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I feel like we've been saying this all season. It, apparently, it just took for Joe Burrow to get fully healthy. Yeah, because he has played at an extremely Pro Bowl level, and they have to. They are. They absolutely are not running the ball. They're thirty second. No. They're dead last in running. They make no effort, which is weird because. They had Joe Mixon restructure his deal to stay there. You think they would have committed something to him, but it, it, they're dead last in rushing. Now, one thing to keep an eye on for this game, uh, Jamar Chase missed practice. He was limited on Wednesday. Now, it looks like he's in good position to play, but T. Higgins is probably not. Yeah. He missed practice again today, and and it's, reports are coming out that he's probably not going to play. So something to keep an eye on, you know, at least from that aspect. Yeah, yeah. Both, both Bengals stud receivers are questionable. Um, maybe, maybe Chase plays, maybe... Uh, Higgins doesn't, but you still got Tyler Boyd. You've got a lot of these guys that uh, you've been you've been watching. If you've been paying attention to Cincinnati lately, when Burrow's been throwing those four touchdown passes, they they they've been going to uh, you know Drew Simple or what a sample or whatever like that. And there there's there's a lot of people getting getting some balls here, even if even if it's not the studs. Yeah, I I think it should be a really interesting game. I mean, Houston's ahead of where they used to be, but I, I think this game shapes up well for the Bengals. Yeah. All right, Tim, the next game we're going to talk about here is the San Francisco 49ers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars are three-point dogs, and the over-under is 45. Tim, two teams going in the opposite directions right now in the last handful of weeks. And surprisingly, it's San Francisco on the uh, down and Jacksonville on the up. Jacksonville has won five straight games. They are, you know, sitting in a pretty good spot there. 
eight and one their last nine against teams with winning records and uh, San Francisco's lost three straight and coming off their bye week. Yeah, it's really surprising. I, I mean, two teams going in completely different directions. The way the Niners started the season, 5-0, and looking like world beaters, crushing the Cowboys on Sunday night. Yep. And, and then all of a sudden, they've lost three in a row. Purdy, I, I, I know Trent Williams got hurt. I know Debo got hurt. But I, I feel like maybe defensive coordinators are putting together a book on Purdy in good ways because he's turning the ball over. He has five interceptions in his last three games, and that's not the guy we saw go on the run to the NFC Championship game last year. Yeah, I mean, I think there was there's a uh, the way that it's going is is Brock Purdy goes as his offensive line and his uh, and his offensive weapons take, help him go. And when you got an injured Debo and you've got an injured Trent Williams, and it exposes the things that Brock Purdy is not prepared for yet. Yeah, in my opinion, and I think this is a game where. I I can't believe I'm going to say this. I think Jacksonville's going to pull this off. If this was at San Francisco, maybe this is a little bit different. But Jacksonville, in Jacksonville, Jacksonville's got a lot of momentum right now. Duval! <laughs> I, I, uh, I hear what you're saying. There is a mismatch. The Niners have the number 8 pass offense. The Jags have the 30th pass defense. So they have won five in a row, but their defense is susceptible through the pass. So... Maybe, you know, give Kyle Shanahan a week to prepare. Maybe he's got that offense uh, fixed. Yeah, but you know what? Besides those Miami running backs and uh, and Christian McCaffrey, you know who else is having a, uh, you know, a very good season? Travis Etienne. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing is we're not just talking about fantasy-wise. I mean, as a whole, he, he's looking really good. He's looking like the guy they drafted last year to be their feature running back. He's looking really good, and and maybe it was the the threat of Tank Bigsby. Maybe he just needed to be fully healthy, but uh, he's looking really good. Hey, can we talk about a running, group of running backs that don't look good? Najee Harris, man, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Green Bay at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is favored by three with the over-under of 39. Tim, Pittsburgh plays well at home. And beats teams they're supposed to beat. I mean, their losses this season, their three losses, was uh, at home against San Francisco, at Houston with a you know an up and coming you know Texans team, um, and and at home against against Jacksonville. Green Bay is not Jacksonville and not San Francisco when you're playing in Pittsburgh. Can we just talk about the professional segue you just tossed out there? That was awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> I actually thought you were going to say about the way Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon have been playing. But, yeah, I I, I mean, as a whole, it, it hasn't been good for the Packers. They're a young team. They've lost four of five. Their team total in this is 17.5. I don't think in Pittsburgh there's any way they break 17 points. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is, once again, this is what Pittsburgh kind of thrives in. These games where they can kind of just hang around. And Green Bay uh, is another one of these teams that has running backs. Don't use them as well as they probably could. They're not as successful as they probably should be. And keeps it, it, Pittsburgh just hangs out in the game and then wins by four and covers the back door. You know what I mean? Like on a, on a late touchdown. I mean, this is what Pittsburgh does. I mean, Green Bay, I mean, you can talk a lot of it about the uh, the injuries they've had with the offensive line. They've been without Bakhtiari most of the season. They've been out with, without Jenkins on IR most of the season. I mean, this Packers team was a team that I think everyone wasn't expecting to be in the bottom of the NFC North with the with the Bears and Pittsburgh, like I said, they just they just they they aren't doing anything on offense that's really remarkable. Yeah, Pickett is not Kenny Pickett is not playing like you know anybody thought he was going to be making that progression in his second season. Um, 
you got Friar Moot's been hurt most of the season, and we talked about in the fantasy episode, he hasn't been playing well. Najee, you know, Jalen Warren, like these guys are just not really lighting the world on fire. And the only thing that I can say is, is that Deontay Johnson is back. Is that he? Deontay Johnson is doing Deontay Johnson things, but really, it's so unremarkable on this Pittsburgh offense, and they're five and three. Yeah, no, no team relies on their defense more than the Pittsburgh Steelers. 29th in scoring, and they're still five and three. And I, I think we can both agree. I, I think they win this game. I think they, they do too. And, and the, that means they'd be six and three, very unimpre- unimpressively. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, can we go to some more unimpressive teams? The Atlanta Falcons at the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are getting two with the over under of forty three points. I mean. I guess we could call this game the return of Kyler Murray game, but I mean, is what's more, what's more, what's more exciting about this game, Tim, to more talk about is the return of Kyler Murray or will Atlanta use any of their weapons properly on offense? Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I am excited for the return of Kyler Murray. I think the Arizona Cardinals, talent is not one and eight uh they play hard they've played very hard for dobbs kyler murray as much as dobbs is a great story kyler murray is significantly more talented and and buried in that is james connor's uh, on his way back too uh i i think this sets up really well in arizona for the cardinals i know atlanta's favored i think it sets up really well and i'm at least excited to see those two back um atlanta i i don't i don't want to steal your thunder on this one Clearly, Arthur Smith hates anybody who has any athletic ability whatsoever. <laughs> you put in our group chat with you, me, and the executive producer, Malcolm. Hi, Mel. Uh, a great stat about Bijan Robinson at the goal line. Why don't you tell the class about that? Yeah, so Bijan Robinson um, has less target, has less carries in the red zone than a, a ton of players because. Um, and there was a list of it, and I sent the list out there. And one of them was, I believe, Adam Beck. Is that right? Uh, Andrew Beck. I, Andrew I, I Beck. had to look it up. Apparently, he's a reserve H back for the Texans that I had never heard of till you posted and that he's tweet. He's had more red zone carries this season than Bijan Robinson. And, and how many has he had inside the inside one? The five. According to PFF, he has rushed the ball inside the five yard line one time. What the heck is going on? Yeah. I, I don't understand. It's not about... We started all season. It's not about fantasy. It's not about this, that, or thing. He is your most talented offensive player, and you are not using him. Let's talk about two of the most recent players that were drafted in the top 10 at the running back position. Tim, when Leonard Fournette was drafted by the Jaguars and the ball was inside the five-yard line, they were going to run the ball. Who got the ball? Leonard Fournette. When the Dallas Cowboys selected uh, Zeke Elliott in the top 10 in the NFL draft, when they got inside the five, who run the ball? Oh, they fed him constantly. They fed him constantly. What are you doing? Uh, this screams to me like a GM picked uh, picked Bijan Robinson when Arthur Smith was like, don't pick Bijan Robinson. I don't want a running back. I don't want him in that position. And they picked him, and he's like, I'll show you guys. I just won't use him. This guy, it, like, it, I... It reminds right. me of when back in the day when Wayne Fonts would pull Barry Sanders at the goal line. Yeah. And we'd see like Klein Saucer or somebody like that punch it in. Yeah. I, I just don't get it. And and even if it's a pissing contest between Arthur Smith and the GM, it's going to ca- cost Arthur, Arthur Smith his job. It should cost Arthur Smith his job. Tim, this Atlanta team has an identity problem. You have a line that's built to run the ball. We talked about it in the preseason. When we talked about the NFC South, we said this is a greatly improved defense 
and the offense, now with B. John Robinson and Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson, what difference does it make about Ritter or Heineke or whatever? You don't have to pass the ball. This team is built to run with their offensive line, with these running backs. How are you not running the ball? Tim, let me throw this out to you. 2024 Atlanta Falcons, if Arizona does end up with the first pick overall and they decide to go all in with the Caleb Williams, um, if you're Atlanta, who do you make the run for? Do you make a run for picking up Kyler or do you make the run for picking up Cousins? I say Kyler. Um, Cousins, while he's been impressive, he throws the ball, and Atlanta doesn't bother th throwing the ball. Now, you would hope that it's for a different off offensive call play caller, that Arthur Smith would be gone, but I, I I, would much rather take a chance with Kyler Murray. Doesn't? Wouldn't you? Doesn't an Atlanta team next year with Kyler Murray under center if Arizona decides that they're you know, starting over? Doesn't that sound pretty exciting? I mean, especially for him, as far as, like, they got Kyle Pitts, they've got Drake London, they might actually use those guys. I I, I mean, I, I think it would be exciting, which is funny because we're supposed to be talking about Week 10, and we are talking about next year because well, that's on. what, I no, mean, but that's what Arizona has to look forward yeah. to. You know, I, I'm not talking, to, and, I, you know. And honestly, like, I agree with you. I think Arizona has a pretty good chance to pull this one out because Atlanta just can't get out of their own way. Absolutely. So the better of the 305 games, we got Detroit minus three at, well, at the homeless Chargers. And no other way to say it. Totals 48 and a half. Should be, in theory, should be one of the higher scoring games. The Lions are very impressive. 15 and three against the spread dating back to last year. Yeah. I was going to say, like, well, you know what? Jared Goff really does struggle on the road. But. Actually, this Jared count. Goff is playing in L.A. in a stadium he's used to playing in. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, so really, it's the it's the Detroit Lions on the road playing against, you said, the homeless Chargers with Jared Goff going back home. <laughs> like, yeah, and that's the thing is, yeah, usually my narrative would be like, oh, man, I don't trust Jared Goff and the Lions on the road. But th this doesn't count. I, I, I mean, from a fantasy aspect, aspect selfishly i'm very interested to see this game from a fan of football i'm excited to watch this game as well yeah because the three o'clock window sometimes on red zone can be a little lackluster mm -hmm. this past week we were very lucky the cowboys eagles game was good uh, otherwise we you know it wasn't very good this should be one of the highlight games of that window yes but the chargers defense is 32nd against the pass tim they're 30 seconds against against the pass and they played the jets last week you know what I mean? You were, so that means you were a 32nd before you played the Jets. <laughs> like, so there's like and the Chargers wins have been against Minnesota, Las Vegas, the Bears, and the Jets. And their losses have come against Tennessee, Miami, Dallas, KC. Tim, let's play the matching game. Which team does the Detroit Lions look more like? The teams they beat or the teams they lose to? The teams they lose to. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is like, now the Lions were thoroughly unimpressive in Baltimore. I think we can sweep that under the rug, and at least for this game, I don't think that matters. I think the Lions are the better team. They are the better team. You got, uh, like you said, and not to mention the fact that Goff's back playing in LA. You got Amon Ross St. Brown, who's from USC, playing in California. I mean, I think this is going to be a big game for Detroit. I think Detroit handles the Chargers because the Chargers, if they can't, if they don't get to the quarterback with Khalil Mack and Bosa. They're giving up boatloads of yards. You're not wrong. Uh, starting the 325 window, we got the Washington football team 
at Seattle. Seattle's a six and a half point favorite. Totals forty four and a half. It is a matchup of Washington D.C. versus Washington State, my friend. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I got to tell you, it 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 shocks me when I didn't realize this, but the the Washington football team is so bad right now at at running the ball. How bad are they? They are passing the ball more than any other team in the league percentage wise of their plays. Wow. Washington football team passes the ball more than anybody else in the NFL. And, and, and what else do they lead the league in? Oh, they it's getting sacked. Getting sacked. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Those are one to one, my friend. I believe <laughs> I believe there's a stat. You'll have to forgive me if I'm wrong on this, but I think there's a stat that says out of every single drop back, like 13% of the time it's a sack. Yeah. Well, I mean, the problem for that is, for that going into this week, the Seattle Seahawks defense is fourth in sacks. So when you pair that against the most sacked quarterback in the NFL, I think the Washington football team could be in trouble. And it's at Seattle. And it's, you know, the, you know, like, you know, the, the 12th man. I know that it's not the same as what it used to with when Legion of Boom was there. But I mean, it's still it's still a bad house when you're talking about the 12th man in Seattle. So yeah, yeah. for Seattle, I think that that embarrassing 37-3 loss in Baltimore last week. I, again, I I think we'll sweep that under the rug for this one. Yeah, exactly. And when we're talking about it, I, I like bringing it up. Seattle, besides their Week One loss to the Rams, which let's face it, when when good teams lose Week One to average teams, it's usually because. These guys don't play much of a preseason. They don't practice as much as they used to. They don't play as many preseason games. Um, so it's it's kind of still kind of like the last preseason game, kind of getting kind of getting into the swing of things. So, but their only two losses besides that were to Baltimore and Cincinnati. And Washington is neither one of those teams. Definitely not. <laughs> All right, let's talk about a game that's going to be over pretty quickly, probably by halftime. We got the Giants and what's left of them at Dallas. Dallas is a 17-point favorite. Uh, totals 38 and a half. I, I I know we don't talk team totals all that often. The New York Giants team total is 10 and a half. <laughs> that might be a bit much. Yes, I mean, it's it's uh that's asking an awful lot uh for for the Giants right now. I mean that spread is 17. And that's still not enough to get me to take the right. Giants. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's 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 basically Dallas or nothing. There's no reason this could have this could easily get to twenty if they really wanted it to. If yeah, they, with Daniel Jones at quarterback in the Meadowlands in New Jersey, the Cowboys won forty to nothing in the open. Yes, we're in the we're, we're with Tommy DeVito in Dallas, where the Cowboys have won eleven straight home games. I do we even have to talk about this game? No. We don't. We don't. I mean, Tommy DeVito, Danny DeVito, I, it doesn't make a difference. I mean, you know, like, it doesn't make a difference. I mean, Saquon could run the Wildcat, and they might not even score 10 points. I think the only question for this game for me is how many carries does Tony Pollard get? Because, I, I mean, the last two weeks he's gotten 12 carries each week, even though they were up significantly on on the Rams two weeks ago. I feel like this should be a game where they get it, they let him eat. I think they, it, it should be, but I don't think this is a Dallas team that just does not care to run the ball. Yeah, I I don't think we need to talk about that game anymore. Do you? Yeah, let's go to an uh, let's go to even let's go to even another game that really really bends <laughs> you the needle. You want here. bad football? I've got bad football. <laughs> the New York Jets are minus one at Las Vegas. Totals thirty seven. I still cannot believe that NBC did not flex out of this game. Not only, and I feel like at this point, like because right now Carolina's playing against the Bears. Are they? Yes, they are. So Carolina at the Bears and uh, the what Indianapolis at New England. Indiana, like new, the Jets at the Raiders, and then on Monday night you got Denver at Buffalo. Those are the nationally televised games, Tim. Brutal. 
I feel like but networks keep giving. But here's what I here's what NFL. I was gonna say. I feel like the NFL is like, why flex these out? If we if we move Detroit L Chargers off of three o'clock, then that's less people watching at three o'clock. People are going to watch football, even if, if the isolated game. If it's bad, people are still gonna watch. Tim. If if the two best teams in the NBA are playing on Monday night football or on Sunday night football at the same exact time as the Jets Raiders, who's wa- who's watching what? Yeah, and they're just still watching football. Everyone's still watching football. Remember yeah. when they had the Jets were a horrible team and the Browns hadn't even won a game and they didn't put they wouldn't put Baker in to quarterback to be oh, the yeah. quarterback and they had Tyrod Taylor starting on Thursday night against the World Series. Yep. Two bad, two teams that I think at that point were zero and four both each or one and three and zero and four doesn't matter. It didn't matter. They still watch more football than they did the World Series. Yeah, I'm sorry. You talk about NBA teams. I was giggling at your uh, your tweet where the the NBA's quote midseason tournament starts 11 games yeah. into the season. <laughs> sort of 11 days into the season. Apparently, math is not enough. Yes, yeah. it took the Bears. It took the Bulls five games to get knocked out of the <laughs> the, the, the midseason tournaments. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to go there in the middle of a preview show, but it, All right. it, it just makes well, me because we're talking about the Jets Jets yeah. Raiders. You, Let's get hold on. Let me get to Jets Raiders real quick. Okay, two. Uh, I'll tell you what. Two players. This game revolves around two players when it comes to offense. Brees Hall, Josh Jacobs, Tim. Let me throw this out to you. I want Antonio Pierce as my head coach. This guy, I like this oh, guy. Oh, God, yeah. I like this guy. I mean, it's a complete change of culture. I mean, Josh Jacobs has done more in one week with Antonio Pierce as the quarterback than he's done all season with Josh McDaniels. Yep. And this is a team that just did this. They just did this, what, two years ago. They fired Gruden. They brought Biasachi. They let Biasachi take over the team, and Biasachi took them to the playoffs. I'm not saying that Antonio Pierce is going to take him to the playoffs, but he's going to win a lot more games than than McDaniels was going to by the time it was done. Whether it's in Vegas or another team, I want to see him coaching a team next year. If he gets this team to a game or two under 500, if he gets this team to seven, eight wins, Antonio Pierce should be, the interim tag should be ripped off of him, and he should be the head coach of this team. Don't give me this whole that we're going to bring somebody else in there and stuff like that. That Biasachi, that, uh, uh, that, uh, the coach, the guy who came in as the interim coach who got them to the playoffs after Gruden left, deserved to be the head coach of that of that team. And yeah. what did you do? You didn't give it to him, so you give a boatload of money to Josh McDaniels, who's gone already. Yeah. You are paying three different people to be your head coach right now. Man, one episode, two Rick rants. I love it. Now I, I know we got to move on from this game. One thing I want to get out before we move on: the Jets have scored eight offensive touchdowns <laughs> in nine games. That is not a misprint. Eight <laughs> offensive touchdowns in nine games. It's so you, bad. It, and they're still four and four. Yeah, and, and you're you're talking about a four and four team that's just trying to tread water until maybe Aaron Rodgers uh breaks history for Achilles tears and comes back. We'll see. All right, Tim, let's finish it off here with the uh Denver Broncos on Monday night traveling to Buffalo. The spread is Buffalo is favored by seven and a half, the over under forty seven. Uh Tim, you have a, a Buffalo team that um, they they lose to some they lose to good teams. I mean, and they lose some games they aren't supposed to. They lose to the to the Jets. They lose to the Patriots. Um, and I think you're gonna see when every single time they lose, they usually answer right back because you know Buffalo seems to be that team that's like, oh, we messed that up. Let's focus again until we lose focus two weeks later. 
Yeah, I, I tell you what, I, I'm interested in the hook, you know, with it, with, with Buffalo being favored by 7.5. You know why I'm interested in the hook? Because the Bills are 0-5 against the spread in their last five games. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I feel like the Bills, like, like like you said, every time they have a trip up, they, they follow up with a victory. I feel like uh, the Bills win this game, but no, don't necessarily cover. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Buffalo, you know, Buffalo is this, is this Jekyll and Hyde team. It, it goes... As Josh Allen takes them, when Josh Allen is playing well, they 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 take care of business and they take care of teams. When he's not playing well and he's throwing interceptions that are kind of turning out to be you know punts or worse than punts, you know what I mean? Then then you're basically just giving giving the game away. And Buffalo has time and time again tried to do it this season. Now you lost to a really good Cincinnati team, and now you got to come back and you got to beat a Denver team that you're you know. You're not. Thank God you're not playing in Denver right now with the way Buffalo's been playing lately. Yeah, which is funny. I, I don't mean to go all you, but they need to run the damn ball. The Denver Broncos are the number 32 rush defense. However, the Bills last week's the Bills running backs had eight carries. Yeah, I. You would think that they would watch film, and be like, "Hey, Denver's bad against the run. Let's commit to the run." We did just bring in playoff Lenny. I. I <laughs> I still don't think they're going to. I feel like they're their worst enemy. I feel like regardless of how defenses play them, they still Josh Allen still wants to take a seven-step drop and chuck it up to either Gabe Davis or Stephon Diggs. Yep. Which doesn't make any sense. That's not what good teams do. Yeah. Good teams, uh, yes, they stick to what they do well, but they also take advantage of their opponent's weakness. Yeah, you got primetime Lenny now, and you've got uh, and you've got James Cook, and James Cook has been averaging like four. You know, four point two yards per carry and stuff like that. Just, just run the ball, run the ball. James James Cook is another one of these guys that has more carries than Bijan in the red zone, but it's not by much. No. I mean, he's not getting very many red zone carries either. And Tim, do you know what the playoffs started today? Who's on the outside looking in? Tatanka, the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Tatanka, Tatanka, Tatanka. <laughs> All right, Tim, play. Uh, real quick. Uh. We we talked about it before. Who's in and out? All the AFC North in the playoffs right now. The Bills are out in the NFC. Uh, Minnesota's in. Atlanta is sitting as the eighth seed out, as the first team out, which is incredible. Compare considering how their coach just will not let them win games. They will not put them in positions to win games. I feel like it's Atlanta versus Arthur Smith. And according to right now to the way things are shaping up in the uh, in the rankings for draft for the draft and everything like that, the bottom four teams are all in the NFC. It's it's brutal. It really is. Yes, I mean, you know, along with along with the Patriots having the worst record, we talked about it earlier in the AFC, which is which you would think with Belichick is unheard of. Yeah, it's been a couple decades since we've had been able to say that. But you know what it is? What we what we can do now to transition out of the bad? Let's transition to the good. And Tim's best bets. <laughs> well, combined. Hold on, hold on, I got a little best bets time. Just ruling. <laughs> well, combined, we were five and one last yeah, week. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm not gonna lie. I am on fire. I was three and zero last week. I am nineteen and eight on the season, and I, I'm gonna get us started. You are on fire, sir. My first of the best bets. I got the New Orleans Minnesota under forty one. Nine of the last ten Saint road games have gone under. I don't see any reason this doesn't. So give me the Saints and the Vikings under forty one. All right, I, I like it. I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it under here too. I'm going to go with the Houston Texans and the Cincinnati Bengals under 47 points. Um, this is a Houston team that just put up all of those points last week against Tampa Bay. 
Uh, they're playing, but they're playing in Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is going to be able to limit them with what you're you're talking about points wise. I feel like when you're talking about Houston, you're talking about a Jekyll and Hyde team. They put up a boatload of points one week, and then they put up 13 and lose against Carolina. You know what I mean? Like this is a team that goes up and down and around. <laughs> it's, it's a merry-go-round. But uh, and even Cincinnati, Cincinnati, they don't run the ball. They don't even bother trying. But if Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are both listed as questionable, if one of those guys doesn't play, I think that helps tick down this this uh, over-under. Um, I think it's 47 now. I think by the time we get to kickoff, it might be down all the way to 45, 44 and a half. Well, I see a developing theme. My second of the best bets, I've got Green Bay, Pittsburgh under 39. Six straight Steeler games have gone uh, under. I don't see why this is... Uh, this isn't another one of those. So give me Green Bay and Pittsburgh under 39. All right. Well, I'm going to stick with the unders. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going to go with Indy and New England under 40, 43 and a half. I think it's, it's, it fell to 43. Um, so go ahead and put me down for 43, even though I got it at 43 and a half earlier in the week. But what you're talking about, once again, we're talking about overseas games. These games always continually go under. And you're talking about, uh, a New England team that can't score points, averaging 15 points a game. Um, Indy, I feel like even though even though they have been putting up points on offense, I feel like Belichick's going to be Belichick's going to have these guys ready to play defense. He always seems to find ways to have these guys ready, even though they're two and seven, even though they're going to lose this game. I think this game goes under that total. Give me like a 24-10 final or something. Yeah, all the international games do. Yeah. All right, my third of the best bets. The Dallas Cowboys minus seventeen. I don't care. I, I I I don't. They've won eleven straight games at home. They won forty to nothing in Week One. I I I'm sorry. I know seventeen points is a ton of points to give to an NFL team, but I'm giving them get Dallas minus seventeen. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know what? I I totally get it because I think this spread should probably be about twenty if you wanted to see anybody put any action on the Giants. Yeah. It like we talked about it before. It's Dallas or nothing. Um. I, I was battling around with two two picks here, and I'm going to tell you that I'm not going with Pittsburgh minus three. I think Pittsburgh minus three is a good bet, but what I will tell you is is that, oh man, Carolina just uh, returned a kick for a touchdown, <laughs> returned a punt for a touchdown. Anyway, but I will say this, I'm not taking Pittsburgh because a majority of the, of the experts are all on Pittsburgh. I haven't seen anybody say they're on Green Bay, and that scares me off of this game because I feel like every single time you see it on the bottom line, that Sunday night football, when they're like, who do you like? And they're like, I like this team. And everyone says that, and then the other guy wins. But give me... Yeah, I know, you're, you're like, I'm done with this. Give me the Detroit Lions minus three when they're playing on a neutral site in, in, in L.A. I mean, minus three... The Chargers' defense is terrible. The Detroit Lions are good. You know what I mean? Give me the Detroit. The Detroit Lions are a good team. I understand that the Chargers are winning games against bad teams. Detroit's not a bad team. They're a good team. They're going to take care of business. Why are you laughing at me? Why are you laughing? Because I'm talking about why I wouldn't take Pittsburgh. I did. I like Pittsburgh. It was written out. I had it circled, and then I crossed it off because I looked, no. was looking at everybody else talking about how they like Pittsburgh. I think it's funny that I give a five-second explanation, five explanation for my picks, and you got three paragraphs of why I Well, like you're like 18 and 9. I have to do something to try, <laughs> try to keep if up. If you think long, you think wrong, my friend. Well, if I talk long, do I talk wrong too then? <laughs> if that's the case, I've been doing it wrong my whole life because I, I don't ever stop talking. <laughs> Guys, 
Uh, Thanks for listening. We're not going to stop talking either. We've got a fantasy episode. We've got the fantasy. That's what I'm saying, guys. We're going to keep on talking. We got the fantasy episode coming up. Good luck if you're if you're not into fantasy and you're checking out after this one. Thanks for saying hanging out with us. Thanks for listening to us. Good luck with all your bets and good and have a good weekend.